this morning in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3. And if you haven't got a chance, sheets available back on the back table, get a chance to grab one of those sheets, Proverbs chapter 3. And in the way of announcements, uh, I was just told we have a, a quick birthday announcement here. Uh, Ruth and Lynn Bartley uh, both celebrated their birthdays recently, and we want to definitely wish uh, Ruth Bartley a happy birthday because if you have any kids at home and your kids receive a birthday card from the church, Ruth is the one that takes care of that. So the gal that wishes your kids a birthday, she just had a birthday. So. So Proverbs chapter 3, and make sure you get your sheets back there. We're going to do something a little bit different here today. You know, the Sunday in between Christmas and New Year's, never know what to expect. You know, a lot of people are traveling for the holidays. There's still Christmases going on. So this really wasn't the Sunday to start a new book or anything new like that. We finished our study in Acts a few weeks ago, and for the first three Sundays in December, we kind of just did some topical messages on Christmas. So instead of starting something new today, I thought, let's just do something completely different here. I love these type of studies. I love doing the sheets. I love the logic of these lessons where it's just really a straightforward thing. You start with one point, and you build on point B and then point C. This is almost like the way we do a Wednesday night. And we've been doing Proverbs. Well, the reason we've been doing Proverbs, if you were with us about four weeks ago, because we were getting ready to start the month of December, we started talking about your time and your daily devotions in the Lord. We talked about how that's such an important thing. What we do on Sunday mornings is great. What we do on Wednesday evenings is great. But if that's the only spiritual you're getting during the week, boy, you're missing out. That's why it's so important to have that daily time with that Lord, that time of prayer, that time of being in the Word, that time of worship. That's really what's going to grow you as a believer. A lot of times people don't know what to study or how to go about it. So as we were getting ready to start the month of December, we said, how about this? For every day in December, you read one chapter of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. There's 31 days in the month of December. So why not do that? And that's something I've been doing as well, too, in my devotions. And as I've been going through Proverbs, there's these amazing points that kind of keep popping out. And I kind of thought, wow, it'd be great to share this stuff but we're in the Christmas season, we're doing these topical messages, etc. So it kind of worked out today, a very unique Sunday, in between Christmas, in between New Year's. We're just going to stop and do a study in Proverbs here for one day, and I hope it blesses you. So hope you grab your sheet available back there on the back table. Now, if you look at the top of your sheets, it says a study in Proverbs, and it starts with three words, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. These words are repeated again and again in the book of Proverbs, and usually in the same context, this idea of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Now, in our English language, we have a tendency to use these interchangeably, and really, from a biblical definition, they each have a unique meaning. And that's where we need to start with, is what does the words wisdom, knowledge, and understanding mean before we go on? Well, the first one, as we're actually going to work a little backwards, if you will, is what's to find the word knowledge first. If you're a note taker, grab your sheet, write this down. Knowledge from the biblical definition means facts. You know the facts. That's what knowledge means. You understand the scriptures, you know what they mean, you know the Bible. Now the problem with the word knowledge is unless you have a passion for the Lord, that knowledge really doesn't do anything. Paul talks about this a lot. He talks about how the Jews had knowledge, but they really had no relationship with the Lord. Have you ever met somebody who knows their Bible? I mean, they can quote the verses, they know all the Bible stories, they get it. They have the knowledge of the Bible, but they don't have the relationship. So that's what knowledge means. Now, next word we're going to define is understanding. Understanding from a biblical definition means combining the facts and then understanding how to use them. So understanding is taking it one step further. I take the facts, I take the knowledge I have, 
And then what I do is I combine that with some understanding, and then I start to apply that. So understanding is taking the facts and then understanding how to use them. That eventually builds up to wisdom, and this is the goal, wisdom. Wisdom is the practical application of knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is taking the knowledge you have, it's taking the understanding you have, and then practically applying it to your life. You walk it, you live it. A man or woman that walks in wisdom is a mature person in the Lord. Boy, they're few and far between, to be honest with you. You run into a lot of believers that have knowledge. They have facts. They can quote verses. You run into believers that have understanding. They're taking that knowledge they have of the Bible, they're applying it to their lives, and they're trying to learn how to use it. But to find that person that has knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, all three together, the Bible says that is a rare person, and the Bible says that is the goal. That's the maturity we're looking for. There's a few people in the Bible that had that. It's actually defined that they had that. The first one is a guy by the name of Bezalel. And if you're like me, I studied out Bezalel. I didn't know who he was. Bezalel was the guy that built the Ark of the Covenant and built the tabernacle. The Bible said he had wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. For a man to have that important of a role, he would have to have that. The other people mentioned with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the Bible is Daniel and all of his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you look at their lives and how they live their lives. They live their lives with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So those three words, knowledge, the facts, understanding, combining the facts and understanding how to use them, and then wisdom, practically applying knowledge and understanding, walking and living in it, that's the goal. That's our job here, and that's what we want to do. See, the problem is, I see a lot of people make decisions based on their own wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and not of the Lord. And I'm not thinking of anybody individually, and I always say this, so please don't walk away from the message upset, because I'm not thinking of you. I told the 8.30 I was thinking of the 10, I'll tell the 10 I was thinking of the people at the 8.30. Point is this, I see Christians that make huge life decisions. Where to live, who to date, who to marry, where to work, big decisions, where to go to school... And they base those decisions on their own wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And it doesn't go through the filter of the Lord. And the problem is this. We think our wisdom, knowledge, and understanding is pretty good because why would I make a decision that's not good for me? See, I've analyzed all the facts. I've looked through the whole situation. And this is what I feel is best for me. But you know what the problem with that is? The Bible says that my heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. See, my heart wants what I want, not what the Lord wants. There are moments in my life where I try to die to my passions, but a lot of times my heart wants something that may not line up with God's will. The Bible also warns me this, do not be wise in your own eyes. See, a lot of times I look at the situation and I think this makes perfect sense. This is a good move for my family. This is a good move for me. This makes sense. It may make sense to me, but my knowledge, my wisdom, and my understanding is from a human perspective. It's not through the filter of the Lord. And I hope this is what you learn as you go through this, is filtering that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding through the Lord and not through you or what somebody else thinks. So, let's use what God uses. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 19. Let's start right at the very beginning. Proverbs 3, verse 19 says this, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths were broken up and the clouds dropped down the dew. 
Now, we're going to use these words, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. If you're one of the big translations, King James, New King James, NIV, New Living Translation, it should line up pretty straightforwardly. In the Hebrew, they're all the same words, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. They all translate the wisdom to the same word, knowledge, etc. It may come across a little differently in your English translations, but the verses I'm picking all carry those same words. So how does it begin? It begins in verse 19. God founded the earth with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. The point is this. From the very beginning, the Lord said, let's set the tone with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. From the very beginning. It is so important to note that. The Bible says that we are created in the image of God. So since we're created in the image of God, we're created in His likeness. That means if He used wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from the very beginning to frame the earth, how much more shall we be using wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to frame the decisions that we make in life? If God says, this is how I formed the earth, established the heavens, and the depths were broken up is by wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, how much more shall we be using these things with our life decisions we make? So God sets the tone right from the beginning. But then he applies it to us. Look at verse 21. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Then he tells us, I used these things in the beginning. Now you take wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and you use them in your life. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And guess what? There's eight blessings by walking in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And we're going to go through those eight blessings. Here's the thing about walking wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It blesses you. How's this for a simple point? You've heard me say this before. If I get up and spend my mornings with the Lord in prayer, and I spend my time in the Word, and I have a time of worship with the Lord, if I make sure that I'm trying to do something spiritual with Dawn, praying with her, reading together with her, if I'm trying to do something spiritual with the boys, guess what happens? Life just goes better. It just goes better. It doesn't mean that there's not problems. It doesn't mean that we don't have struggles. It just, we're setting the foundation of our house, and it goes better. There is a blessing in walking in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Eight blessings of that. Let's look at the first one. Verse 22. They will be life to your soul. When you walk in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord, your life is blessed. There's just no way around that. Because you're walking in God's will. You're walking in what He wants you to do. And so your life is blessed by the Lord. Verse 2. Excuse me, 22. Grace to your neck. You're walking in God's grace. That's where you want to be. And when you're walking in in the will of the Lord for your life, you're walking in God's grace. Verse 23, you walk safely. Things still happen in your life, but you're at the safest spot you can be. The safest spot you could ever be is in God's will. That's the safest place in the world. No matter how crazy your life gets, no matter how much the storms of life hit you, the safest place for you is in God's will. Now, use an example of this. Remember when the disciples were on the sea, And their boat was getting ready to sink. And Jesus was asleep in the boat. Remember that story? That boat was never going to sink. The Messiah was not going to drown. He was not. The safest place those disciples could be is by the sleeping Savior. That's the safest spot. Even though it's in the midst of the storm, even though the waves are crashing and it looked like death was imminent, it was never going to happen because Jesus was not going to drown in a storm. So my point is this. God's will for your life is the safest place you could be. There may be storms, there may be waves, there may be problems. It's still the safest place for you because you're walking in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord. How's this for a simple point? If you get off the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord, 
Doesn't life just get tougher? The safe spot to be is where he has you. And what else happens? Verse 23, your foot will not stumble. How often do we stumble? Just little things. If I get off the word for a little bit, if I get out of prayer for a while, maybe I'm not taking care of Dawn spiritually or not taking care of the boys spiritually. Next thing you know, there's strife in the house. There's stress in the house. There's tension in the house. Why? We just start stumbling through life. We're no longer walking in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord. We're walking in our flesh. Things start to stumble. And what happens? Verse 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. So our first blessing was life, our second one was grace, the third one is safely, the fourth one is you will not stumble. The fifth one, you will not be afraid. Boy, what a blessing that is just to go to bed at night and not worry. Just to go to bed at night and not analyze everything that's happening in your life. Because when you're walking in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord, you're in His will, you don't have to worry about things. You don't have to worry about that situation at work. You don't have to worry about your health. You don't have to worry about what's going on in the home. Because if you're walking in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord, you're not in fear. Because you're right where God wants you to be. If you're not in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord, sleep is a very difficult thing to come by. Because look at the next one, verse 24. You will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. That's our sixth blessing. Sweet sleep. Refreshing. You wake up ready for the day, ready for what the Lord has in store for you. Because why? You're walking in His will. You're where you're supposed to be. So when that happens, verse 25, you're not afraid of sudden terrors or trouble from the wicked when it comes. Sudden terrors, those things that you don't expect. The sudden terrors of sickness that come upon you when you weren't planning on it. That diagnosis from the doctor you weren't expecting. You show up from work and all of a sudden there's a sudden terror there of a problem. There's a home situation. Something happens to a loved one. That sudden terror hits you. But when you know where you're supposed to be, walking in the will of the Lord and His wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, yes, those sudden terrors can be terrifying, But you also know this is where God wants you and He gets you through it. And then it goes with the next one right there as well, verse 25. When the wicked come from you. See, the wicked are going to try to get you. you got wicked people at work that are going to try to pull you down. You have wicked people in your house that are going to try to pull you down. You have people that are called brothers and sisters in Christ that are going to do wicked things that are going to try to pull you down. We live in a wicked, fallen world. But when I walk in the knowledge and understanding and wisdom of the Lord, I don't have to be afraid of that wicked, that trouble that comes from that. Because I know I'm where God wants me to be. So look at the blessings one more time. Blessing of life, grace, safely, you will not stumble. You will not be afraid of sleep. You have sweet sleep, no terror, and don't have to worry about the wicked. What a blessing. That's the blessing of the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the Lord. So if you're like me, flip your sheets over. First question I want to know is, where can I get this? You know, Proverbs 30, please. Proverbs 30. I see all the blessings of this. I see what the Lord has in store. I want this. Let's go to Proverbs 30 and find out what we're supposed to do. Proverbs 30. How do I get the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord? How do I know what He wants me to do? Verse 1, Proverbs 30. The words of Agur, the son of Jaka, his utterance, this man declared to Ithiel, to Ithiel and to Ukah. So we're talking about Agur. What does Agur say? Verse 2. Surely I am more stupid than any man. Right there's my life verse. That is a refrigerator verse. There's a lot of wisdom in that verse. 
Verse 2, I surely I am more stupid than any man. I do not have the understanding of a man. I have neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. This is one of the smartest guys that ever lived. You know why he's so smart? Because he was willing to admit he doesn't know everything. He is coming out and saying, I don't have understanding. I don't have knowledge. I don't have wisdom. And then to prove this, he goes to verse 4. Who's ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name, if you know? This is what Agur is saying. He goes, listen, there's so much we don't know. If you ever run into somebody who claims to make sure, claims that they know it all, boy, that's a scary place to be. I mean, seriously, just go outside at night, look up in the sun, the stars, and just see this, this, the moon, and you just see the creation of the Lord, and it really just stops and makes you realize, I don't know everything. I mean, we're on this earth that's spinning, that's moving, and there's all this other stuff. We know nothing, and that's what a guru is trying to say here. I don't know anything about the heavens. I don't know how the waters have their limits. I don't know how the wind works. I don't know any of this stuff. And basically what he's saying is, surely I am more stupid than any man, which shows the wisdom he has. One of the wisest things you can say is if somebody comes up to you and says, what do you think I should do? I don't know. Let me go pray on that. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. I'm going to go pray on that for a while. That's something that took me a while to learn. I don't have to have all the answers at this moment, at this time. When somebody comes up to me with a concern, I can say, you know what? We need to pray about that. Let's search the scriptures together. Let's fast on this together. Let's seek the Lord together. Because why? Verse 2, surely I am more stupid than any man, and I want what the Lord wants, not what I want. Because I can give you an answer right away. I can give you the wisdom of James, but you don't want that. We want the wisdom of the Lord. And there is wisdom in realizing you don't know everything. That you need to go spend that time with the Lord, in the Lord, seeking it out. Because go to verse 5 of Proverbs 30. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Do not add to His words, lest He rebuke you and you be found a liar. So you want to know what to do? Verse 5, every word of God is pure. Every decision we make needs to go through the filter of God's Word. If it does not line up with God's Word, don't do it. Think about that for a second. Every decision we make needs to go through the filter of God's Word. If God's Word says it's wrong, I probably shouldn't do it. If God's Word says this is going to cause harm to me or my family, then I shouldn't act that way. I shouldn't talk that way. I shouldn't speak that way. Every word of God is pure. And when I take every decision I make through the will of God, and I seek His wisdom, His understanding, His knowledge, it keeps me safe. Go back to that list of blessings we have. It keeps me safe. It keeps me from stumbling. I walk in life. And what Agur is saying right here is, he goes, I don't know everything, guys. So, it's wise to realize you don't know everything. So, how do we get it now? We've got two passages on this. First one, Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9, please. Where do we get this wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? Proverbs 9 starts us out. It tells us how to get it. Proverbs 9, verse 10. How we get them, Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. There's our three words again, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. How do we get it? The fear of the Lord. Now that word fear is an interesting word. When we think of the word fear, we think of shaking, trembling, afraid. And that does mean that as well. But really what this word carries in a biblical sense is what we would call a healthy respect for the Lord. 
I remember when I first got saved, there was a guy that came up and told me this, and I've never forgot it two decades later. He said, remember when you're praying, you're not only talking to your father, you're not only talking to Abba, your daddy, your savior, your brother, your friend, but you're also talking to the creator of the universe that holds your very breath in his hands. There is a healthy respect for who that is. So there's this loving relationship of dad, brother, friend, savior, but there's also this relationship of the fear of the Lord. Very simply put, he is God, I am not. When you look at it from that perspective, when I start with that fear of the Lord, I start thinking, who am I to make any decision? I mean, seriously, who am I to make any decision? The fear of the Lord. Understanding He's God, I'm not. Why would I bring any wisdom to the table? And I do this every now and then. I've stumbled in this path where I'm making a big decision on life, and this is how I almost treat it. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, this is what I think I should do. Almost this understanding of God, you, you tell me what you think. Lord, now, Lord, let me tell you what I think. Now, I'll think about what you said, Lord, and now, Lord, you think about what I said. And then let's get back together here in a couple days and let's compare notes. What type of relationship is that? There is no equality between me and God. Now, you may say, well, there is an equality. Jesus, through him, has made us sinless. Yes, I understand that from a salvation perspective. But in perspective of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, the fear of the Lord. Let's go back to the point that we made earlier. We think we're smart. I'm not going to make a decision that's going to cause harm to me or my wife or my kids or my household, right? The Bible says once again, though, do not be wise in your own eyes. And the Bible makes it abundantly clear the wisdom I have, oh, the wisdom I have is foolishness to God. If I want wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, it has to start spiritually with understanding who God is and that I am not Him. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let's build on this now. Go to Proverbs chapter 2, please. Proverbs chapter 2. So how do we get wisdom? Our first point in Proverbs 30, I can't get wisdom on my own. Surely I'm more stupid than any other man. My next point, Proverbs chapter 9, says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now Proverbs 2, we start to apply this. Proverbs 2, verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It comes from him. It has to come from him. Nobody else. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. How often do we seek wisdom from sources that are not of the Lord? I talked to my coworker. He thinks I should do this. Oh, wow. Okay. Creator of the universe, Joe. Creator of the universe, Joe. If somebody's named Joe here, I'm not picking on you. I apologize. We do that, don't we? I don't know what to do. I need wisdom. I'll see what Facebook has to say. Seriously. The wisdom of the world, and we're going to get to that point in a little bit. The Lord gives wisdom. I've noticed there's certain personalities that just seem to, they can't make a decision on their own. Those are the ones that I try as much as possible, and I'm sure sometimes I come across as a jerk. I try to tell them, you know what, you just need to go pray about this. Yeah, but what do you think I should do? It doesn't matter what I think. You and the Lord need to go spend time alone together. Because what happens is there are certain personalities that just collect everybody's opinions. And then they kind of think through each one. The Lord gives wisdom. The Lord gives wisdom. I heard a pastor say this one time, and, and I, 
loved what he said. It was John Corson. He said this. He goes, a lot of times people come up to me at church and ask me, what do you think? And he says this. I can give you verses that say to do it. I can give you verses that say don't do it. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the Lord is leading you. Now, if you come up and ask me, what do you think? If you want to do something completely unbiblical, yeah, I'll step in and say, yeah, that's not of the Lord. But there's a lot of times in life where that's between you and the Lord. Do you think I should sell the house? Do you think I should take this job? Well, I don't know. What's the Lord say? Now, what happens in this situation? Let's just be blunt. We don't seek the Lord. I've had people come up to me before. Hey, well, I need to make this decision. What do you think? I don't know. You need to spend time in prayer. I know. I've been praying about it. But I, got, I got to know by, by tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, how long have you known about this? Well, I, I, I just need to know by tomorrow morning. Okay, then you know what you're doing tonight? You're not sleeping. You're fasting. And you're in the Word all night. Let go of one night of sleep. Spend time with the Lord. And He'll lead and guide you. That's what you got to do. See, the problem is this. The Bible says that the wisdom of the Lord is like a deep well. It takes effort to pull this wisdom out. We want the quick answers. Houses, jobs, relationships. Lord, what do you think? Amen, we move on. No. Prayer, fasting, word, worship, fellowship. You spend time with the Lord. And if he hasn't given you an answer yet, don't go to bed. Stay up. Get your nose in the Bible. Start praying and reading, saying, Lord, guide and direct me. That's what the does. It, this is how it works. We don't like to put that effort into that. The Lord says, sorry, that's the system. You want to know the best answer for your life? Spend time with me, and as you spend time with me, I will reveal it to you. There is no easy answer for this. The answer is knowing what the Lord. The Lord gives wisdom. Jump back to verse 1 of Proverbs 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Look at these wordings here in my New King James. Verse 1, treasure his commands. Verse 2, incline your ear, apply your heart, Cry out for discernment. Lift up your voice. Seek her as silver. That's when you get your wisdom. That's effort. That's a lot of effort. That's shutting the TV off. That's going to bed early and just spending time in prayer. That's getting up early and spending time with the Lord. That's getting into that deep well and pulling out that water. And that's where the Lord leads and guides and directs. A lot of times when people come up and say, What do you think? My first question to them is, Well, when you prayed about it, what has the Lord said? I don't know. I'm not picking. If you don't know what the Lord has led you to do, why are you asking me? You got God that's willing to give you wisdom. Spend time with Him. Why do we go ask another human being what we should do? A lot of times we do it because it's easier. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeking wisdom and counsel from the body. The Bible says there's wisdom and counsel in many. And there's times where I've contacted people and said, Hey, what is your opinion on this? I've been praying about this. But it should never, another person's opinion should never supersede your time alone with the Lord as you seek Him. Never. It can add to it because the Lord can speak through the body. But never let your decision-making process become, I'm just going to ask so-and-so what he or she thinks. Spend that time with the Lord. Incline your ear to Him. Put the effort into it. What happens when we do that? Verse 10 of Proverbs 2. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, 
Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. When you have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, you're in a safe place. If you think back to decisions in life that you now regret, that you wish you wouldn't have done, um, it's caused a mess in your life, now run those decisions through the filter of God's Word. And I bet the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord would probably have said, don't do it. That's what the Lord does. He guides us. He directs us. But are we willing to put that effort into seeking it? So let's get to the practical application of it, if you're looking at your sheets here. Skip step one. Go to step two. Go to Proverbs 24.3. Proverbs 24.3. The re- reason I say skip step one is because step one is a pretty straightforward verse. Joshua 24.15, as you're going to Proverbs 24, uh, verse 3. Joshua 24, verse 15 is the famous verse that says, Choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house will serve the Lord. Okay? So that's a pretty straightforward verse. So the first step and practical application of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding is that you choose to have your household serve the Lord. Now the reason I skip that step is because I'm assuming if you're here this morning, you want to choose to walk down the path of the Lord. I'm assuming if I came to you and said, hey, do you want you and your household to serve the Lord? I don't think anybody here is going to say, nah, I'm not interested. Because I don't know why you would be here. Now, what does it mean when it says you and your household? Your household may just be you. That may be your household. Your household may be you, your spouse. It may be you, your kids. I don't know what your household is, but it's a choice that you make where you stop and you say, this is the decision I want my household to do. I want to serve the Lord. I think we'd all agree that's what we want. Okay, now that's the decision. The follow-through. The follow-through. How do we do that? I was joking with you guys a few weeks ago about New Year's resolutions. I hate New Year's resolutions. They're the stupidest thing in the world, I think. January 1st. Two hours of daylight, probably all day. And that's when we're going to make huge life changes. And most New Year's resolutions are what? I'm going to exercise or something. So we pick a day where it's the high of 25 degrees. And that's when I'm going to go. It doesn't make any sense. But this is what we do. And so what happens then is we say, January 1st, I'm going to start. There's not much daylight. The weather is bad. The holidays have been rough. I'm just getting back to work. We try it for a week or two and we quit. How many times do people make that same spiritual resolution? I'm not going to let my family do this anymore. You have a fight with your wife. I'm never going to talk that way again. I'm never going to scream at the kids again. I'm never going to do this. I'm going to spend more time in the Word. I'm going to spend more time in prayer. We make that decision, but now we have to follow through on it. The answer is simple. It's the follow-through that's hard. So what's the follow-through? Proverbs 24, verse 3. Through wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Do you see how this builds? We build the house in wisdom. We establish the house in understanding. And then we fill the house with knowledge. Boy, that's a house I want to be in. I want a house that is built on the wisdom of the Lord, established on the understanding of the Lord, and filled with the knowledge of the Lord. That's the house I want. A lot of times when families come to me and their household is falling apart, a very simple question to ask them is, is your house built on the wisdom of God? Is it established by the understanding of the Lord? And is it filled with the knowledge of the Lord? No. Then why don't you start right there? The system works. We just have to choose to work the system. Are we willing to do it? 
Are we willing to put that effort into it? That's a lot of work. Sometimes it means getting up earlier and spending time with just the Lord, you. Sometimes it means shutting that TV off and saying, we're going to have this time of prayer. Sometimes it means leading your family spiritually when you really don't feel like it. I've had moments like that. Long day. Long day, and it's time for bed. So it's time for bed already, boys. Get ready for bed. Everybody's ready for bed. Let's go. Dad, we didn't pray. But we're not praying tonight, okay? God still loves us. We're just going to bed. No, you're right. Let's pray. It's tough. Or what we like to do is we like to do devotions at the table. You know, when we sit down, there's this great passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6 where it says you talk about the Lord as you walk, as you sit down, etc. So normally when we sit down at the table, we start out with something. It's not deep. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes you just want to sit down and eat. So you sit down and the kids look at us and say, what are we doing for devotions? We're going to have a time of quiet meditation. That's what we're going to have in the Lord. No, let me get the Bible out. It's work to build your house in wisdom. It's work to establish your house in understanding. And it's work to fill the rooms with knowledge. It is a lot of work. But that's the way the system works. And you've got to stop and ask yourself, am I willing to put that effort into it? You have to ask yourself. If you're willing to put the effort into it, then you can go back to the first page and look at the blessings that come out of it. See, we want the blessings without the work. Boy, it takes effort. Go to James 3, please. Because we have to be careful about this definition of wisdom. See, there's wisdom all around. James 3 talks about this. James 3 talks about the two different types of wisdom. There's spiritual wisdom, and there's earthly wisdom. James 3, verse 13. James 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. There's two wisdoms. There's the wisdom from above, verse 17. And there's the wisdom from below, verses 14 and 15. This goes back to the example we used earlier. When you ask people for wisdom, you will get wisdom. You spend 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 hours a day with some of your co-workers. You become close to them. You start sharing things. Next thing you know, you're kind of talking to them about problems you have in your life. And you like this person. They're a good co-worker. So you kind of say, I don't know, I'm struggling with this. And the next thing you know, it's like, what do you think? And so next thing you know, your co-worker is giving you wisdom. That's wisdom. It may be earthly wisdom. It may be spiritual wisdom. I don't know. But is that co-worker going to go home and say, you know what? Let me go fast over this for tonight, and I'll come back to you tomorrow and see what the Lord's laid on my heart. Hey, during lunch break, let's just go pray over this together. Let's look at the Bible. i got my Bible in my car. Let's go grab it, and let's talk about this. Is that what your coworker is going to do? Or is your coworker going to say, well, you know what I think? Well, let me write this down. No, that is earthly, sensual wisdom. Your coworker may be a good guy, a good gal, maybe a moral guy, maybe a moral gal. There may be some wisdom in their wisdom. But ultimately speaking, unless it's going through the filter of the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the Lord, it's not the wisdom you want. Look at the wisdom of the world one more time. Verse 14. Bitter. 
envy, self-seeking, boasting, lying. Verse 15, earthly, sensual, demonic. Verse 16, envy, self-seeking, confusion. Yeah, I don't want that. That's the wisdom you can get. You can open up your life to the world. You can open up your life online. You can open up your life at work. You can open up your life even to people at church. And you can collect their wisdom. You've got to make sure it's through the filter of the Lord. Because look at God's wisdom, verse 17. First off, it's from above. It doesn't matter what people in this world think. See, it's from above. It's completely separate from this world. See, the wisdom we get from this world is always based in this world. It's based on being hurt in this world. It's based on the pain of this world. It's based on the sin of this world. The wisdom from above doesn't make sense. Love your enemies? That doesn't make sense. Pray for those who despitefully use you and curse you? That doesn't make sense. Forgive? That wisdom is so far above this world, it doesn't make sense. That's the first point. It's above. Second off, it's pure. There's no tainted of me in it. See, when I seek my wisdom, it's always tainted by me. It's always tainted by what I want, by what I think, by the hurts and pains I have. So the wisdom from above is pure. It's peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. See, sometimes the wisdom from above is let it go. Sometimes the wisdom from above is forgive, forget. See, that's not earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is hold grudges. Earthly wisdom is let that person know what they did and let them never forget it. No, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality. Without partiality means it's not about me, it's about the Lord. Is this decision going to glorify God? See, there's times that I want something, there's times that my kids want something, there's times that my wife wants something. It doesn't matter what my kids want. It doesn't matter what my wife wants. It doesn't matter what I want. Without partiality, what does the Lord want for our family? That's what matters. And without hypocrisy, I don't want to fake it. Verse 18, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I want peace. I want the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord. I want those blessings. I don't want the earthly demonic wisdom. I want the wisdom of God, and that's every decision I want to make. So for 2015, Lord, I want everything to go through you. Here's our last verse. Can you go to Colossians chapter 1, please? Colossians 1. Colossians 1 has this wonderful prayer in verse 9. Wonderful prayer. And guess what? It has our same words in there. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Right? There's our three words. Now, let's pray this prayer. Now, this is what I do. I like to take this prayer and put somebody's name in it. Sometimes it's my name. Sometimes it's my wife's name. Sometimes it's my kid's name. And just, just for example, for this, I'll use, I'll use my oldest son, Elias. This is how, what I would do. 
So for this reason also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for Elias and pray that Elias may be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, I pray that Elias would walk worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing you, that Elias would be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that Elias would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and longsuffering with joy, that Elias would give thanks to you, Father, who has qualified you to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. You get the picture. You take that verse and you put somebody's name in there and you pray that for them. Maybe you got a child that is not making good godly choices. Insert their name into that prayer. Maybe you have a spouse that's not making good godly Insert their name. Maybe you have loved ones, co-workers, friends, family. You take Colossians 1, 9, and you start and you do 9, you do 10, you do 11, you do 12, verse 13, and you put their name into that verse. Maybe it's you that's not making good godly choices. Then you print that thing off and you stick that on your fridge, you put that in your car, you put it on your bathroom mirror, so that way everywhere you go, you're like, Lord, this is what I'm praying for myself. This is the focus, is that we want the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the Lord. It takes work, it takes effort. But this is how God formed the earth, established the earth. So we want to follow His standard. This is how we walk in it. It's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. This is the guidance and wisdom and direction that it will give us. And I tell you, it will bless you. It truly will. Let's pray this. Marv, if you can come forward here for the final song. Heavenly Father, help us to walk in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of you. Lord, help us to let the fear of the Lord be the beginning of this. Every decision we make, let it go through your filter. As we lead our households, as we live our lives, pray that it's all for you, Lord. All for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we lift this up in your name. Amen.